This is Kramer Financial Talk with Jim Kramer of Kramer Investment Services. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Jim Kramer provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. So listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Kramer Financial Talk with Jim Kramer. Welcome back to another episode of Kramer Financial Talk. My name is Jim Kramer. If you'd like to hear more information about our show today, for listeners in Wisconsin, our Lake Geneva office number is 262-729-4128. For listeners in Illinois, our McHenry office number is 815-331-8096. Feel free to reach out to us on our website, www.kramerinvestmentservices.com. Kramer spelled K-R-A-M-E-R. And while on our website, you can view the past couple of our podcast shows by clicking on both the media, library, and radio tabs. Subscribers to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can view all of our past shows. Reach out to us if you would like to schedule a face-to-face meeting, a Zoom meeting, or if you just have questions by phone. We're here to help. So our topic today is considering what's happened with the stock market this year, which has been more down than up, uh, and also with what we've heard about Social Security with its financial situation. Is delaying Social Security, delaying its start date, still a good idea? Uh, But before we get into this topic, I want to introduce you to the man with the golden voice Uh. (laughs) who hails from Minnesota. Don't hold that against him. Uh, Right. Five foot six, former high school basketball (laughs) center. (laughs) Right. At five. Tony Shore. Tony, how are you doing? Luckily, I'm a little bit taller than five, six. Uh, But I was still not a basketball center. I'm not that height. That's for sure. Yeah, you're only you're only a couple inches off though, that's for sure. Um uh, would it be five nine, five ten? Five eight, yeah. Five eight, yeah. okay. Yeah, not too five eight center. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just have big hair which gets me up to like six two. No, I'm oh, kidding. yes, <laughs> you do. I'm envious. Sure. I wish I had your hair. Yeah, right. Uh right. Well, Jim, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on the show again. And it sounds like you've got a a great topic lined up. Um, Obviously, a lot has been happening out there. I mean, I noticed uh, today, the day we're as of the recording of the show, it's like, oh, some stocks are falling again. And it's just like, you know, it gets the news gets old, stocks falling or we're kind of having a down year, obviously. And uh, we've had some ups and downs. So uh, you need to be able to weather that storm and figure some things out. So a lot of people, when they look at retirement planning, obviously look at Social Security as one uh, steady income source that they know they can count on. But uh, a lot of people don't understand uh, that as well, right? Right. And from our last show, Tony, we talked about the jobs report that just came out a few weeks ago oh, yeah. that looked very, very optimistic. And this is still in flux. There's so much information out there, some good, some bad. Today, we see Ford is laying off 3,000 workers. Uh, Projection is of a government slowdown or or, uh, economic slowdown. Um, So today, we're dealing with some pessimistic news. The last couple of 
of trading days on Wall Street have been negative. Uh, overall, we see the S&P 500 down about uh, 12% now year to date. The bond market is down 10% for the year. Dow Jones is doing better than the others. It's down a little over 6% for the year. And the NASDAQ stock exchange is down over 20% for the year. So overall, a down year. July and the beginning part of August, it was looking promising that maybe we can get back to where we were at the beginning of the year. Only the last couple of trading sessions, especially today, uh, today's down 2% as of 1.09 p.m. on August the 22nd. Uh, you know, we're, we're starting to see another fallback from the stock market. So a lot of people are nervous, Tony. What do they do with Social Security? You know, for the last decade, a lot of investors that were that retired younger were leaning off of their Social Security when they were 62. Uh, They're holding off taking, excuse me, they were holding off taking Social Security, leaning on their investments. And since their investments did really well, they could live off of those earnings. Now, because we're seeing the stock market uh, go through a fallback, I'm not sure how long that's going to be. You know, I've had questions to me, such as, should we consider? continue to wait or should we change our strategy considering what's going on with the stock market that's option number that's the first part we're going to discuss here the second part is and i hear this consistently over the last few years because of people hearing about social security eventually going bankrupt shouldn't they just start as soon as they can with their social security benefit well, yeah, that's uh, what a lot of people think out there. And I know that's a lot of, uh, you know, people do that. Uh, that's the thinking of a lot of folks. They say, hey, I should file as soon as I can, at, uh, file early at 62, because I'll get either they think they'll, they get more money by doing that, or they think they have to do that because uh, otherwise Social Security runs out and they want to get as much as they can while they can. So, uh, but are either of those scenarios true? So Social Security at least provides uh, investors with a guarantee. Unlike the stock market, where we're not really sure how well it's going to do, it could do very poorly, especially early on in retirement. Uh, that could cause a lot of problems for investors. Uh, it always gets down to doing a proper financial analysis. There's no, here's what everybody should do. But by and large, Tony, delaying Social Security to at least full retirement age, when you consider average life expectancy, for most people, that is generally the right answer. But again, it's not for everyone. But when we start looking at, well, what's better? You know, what's going to be a better return on our money? Shouldn't we take Social Security early? And stocks have averaged better than 6 to 8% per year over time uh, historically. Shouldn't we assume that if we... Um, you know, lay off of our investments earlier on in retirement and take Social Security that we're going to be better off than that? Oh, well, first off, if I had a, a crystal ball, Tony, this would be extremely easy. You know, if I could look and see exactly what the stock market's going to do, what investors are going to do with their specific investments, then uh, this would be easy. And I probably wouldn't even do this for a living, Tony. I could make a lot more money guessing uh, or betting on uh, certain sporting events. And have some fun. But when it comes to the stock market, it's so unpredictable that I think we should rely upon something that's a good guarantee because from age 62 to 66, Social Security for every year you're delaying is going to increase it by 6% per year. 
And from age 66 to 70, it's increasing by a simple return of 8% per year, which is really tough to beat when you compare that to interest rates in this country. But I don't think it's a good measurement to say, well, because stocks have done this in the past, that we should therefore, you know, take Social Security early and trust our investments are going to perform better than the 6% growth that you would get by delaying it. There's other factors we look at, including taxation of benefits, especially with Social Security. Not only do you get the, the initial reduction of benefits, but you also can get taxed quite a bit on that benefit by taking it early. It all depends on circumstances. Yeah, Jim, you've always pointed that out on the show that everybody's circumstance is different, and that's so important to, to understand. Uh, obviously, um, you know, a lot of people, it depends on their situation. Should they delay their Social Security and let it roll up and get lock in a bigger amount? Or should they take it sooner? And, you know, some people maybe if they have financial or health difficulties, those would be two big reasons they would want to file early, right? That's right. And then also for individuals that, that have a spouse, if you're the higher earner of the two, often it really pays off in the long run to delay that benefit uh, anywhere up to age 70. Because if something happens to you early on, your spouse, the lower wage earner getting a lower Social Security benefit, is going to have a much better survivorship benefit from Social Security because they're going to be able to get your benefit that you were receiving at that particular time that you passed away for the rest of his or her lifetime. And that survivor benefit is significant. So when we look at Social Security, we're more focused on scenarios of life expectancy and survivor benefits versus what the stock market is going to do because we can't predict. And so therefore, why should we? And to assume because of the past, therefore, we should uh, rely on stocks versus Social Security. It's apples and oranges. It's a completely different uh, situation yeah. for that. Yeah. Well, and you make a good point. You don't want to leave your loved one, your spouse in a bad situation and filing early could do just that. I'm glad you brought that up because if you file early and then you pass away first before your spouse, your spouse is going to be left with a smaller benefit. Whereas if you'd let it grow up, they could switch to your higher benefit after you're gone. So is that your point there? That's my point. And then, so I always refer to stocks as hope so investments. Right. We're hoping for an outcome, whereas Social Security is a no so investment. And it is an investment. It's what I would consider a pension. And at, as of this time, according to what we see, uh, if you want to research this, that this, the trust fund with Social Security, and we'll talk about this, has about two and a half trillion dollars. It's right now we would consider that to be the largest pension fund in the world. Um, and, and so it comes down to should we rely on stocks? But often people shouldn't be in st the stock market to begin with because of their risk tolerance. And if their situation requires uh, more income than what Social Security could, could provide, even if we look at the most advanced planning of when to take Social Security, we have to really focus on where do we spread your retirement money out. Safe investments tend to not perform as well as stocks, but when you're in retirement, we're focused on the sequence of returns. And that is, when you, if you retire during a downturn, such as what we're seeing 
uh, today. And if you're using a lot of your retirement money, and let's say your stock market, your, your investments are down 20% because of the stocks falling, uh, you're making it very difficult for your account balances to return back up to where it was at the beginning of the year. You need now going forward a higher rate of return each and every year just to make up for what happened in a down year. So what we call that is sequence of returns. So if one year you're down 20%, the next year you're up 10%. Um, you know, a lot of people would look at that and say, well, you know, I'm really only down 10%. But when you consider the withdrawals that you're making from the accounts, you're down far further than that. Versus a younger investor, they could go through those, those down cycles and easily make up for it. And in that scenario, for somebody who wasn't using the money, there really are only down 10% in that two-year scenario I just gave. It's coming down to financial planning. So when I do hear general statements, people have made the statement to me is that I'm really planning. You know, they come from one of my events, even though they heard me, they said, you know, I'm really planning on, um, I'm going to take Social Security early even though that's not necessarily what you suggested, Jim. And my investments over time have done so much better. Uh, I'm just going to do that. And I said, you know, perfectly fine. This is up to you. It's not for me to convince you otherwise. I can at least present facts and you decide what you want to do. But then when I show them my software and show them how much of a higher rate of return that they really need to offset for the permanent reduction of Social Security, it's much, much higher than that 6 to 8% growth yeah. that you would automatically be given with Social Security. And sometimes people change their minds. It's, uh, you know, if you're open to suggestions, if you, that's the reason why you want to come to talk to a financial advisor, this is a very important part of that. Well, it definitely is. In fact, you have a, a Social Security maximization report that you can run for folks. Is that right? That's right. And it tells you precisely based on your circumstance, when should you take it? And equally important is what's your filing strategy that you should uh, utilize. And then often people will take those reports right to Social Security and say, this is what I want to do. Now, Tony, there are reasons when you want to file early. And I just kind of want to go over that a little bit. Sure. Here. So if you're a single individual, you retired early, you're in poor health. Uh, you might want to consider taking as, it as early as possible. Um, now, if, you know, one thing is we don't know how long we're going to live. Somebody taking it at age 62 versus waiting to full retirement age, generally there's what we call this break-even point, where if you live longer than this break-even point, taking it early did not work well for you. So uh, let's, let's take, for example, a, a 62-year-old, in this country, 62 year old male, there's a life expectancy for that individual is about at age 82 for a male and about age 84 for a female, somewhere around that point in time. Taking it early at 62, uh, if you waited, had you waited till full retirement age, which is anywhere from 66 to 67, it's around age 78 when you break even. So that's at the point where delay, delaying that filing you've received the same amount of money back from Social Security as if you would have filed it early as age 62. Every year you live beyond that age 78, you're profiting from that delayed enrollment into Social Security. So if you live to age 82 or age 84, you're going to win on that exchange. 
we don't know how long we're going to live. What if you live to 90? So many people are living longer than even what the averages that the government is stating today. That I think it does make make good sense to wait. But if you're in poor health, the odds of you making it to say 78 or greater is is um, very well impacted. Then you definitely want to do that. And also, if you don't have enough other retirement money to lean on, you retired early for a variety of reasons, whatever that could be. You don't have enough other money. Well, then we can't do long term planning. We have to focus on short term planning. So uh, there, there are a lot of ins and outs here, obviously, and our listeners uh, need to be working with a financial services professional before making these critical decisions like when to file for Social Security, correct? That's right, Tony. And one other point I want to make with Social Security, and I hear this all the time when I do Social Security seminars mm-hmm. around Illinois and Wisconsin, uh, you know, people come into my office and they'll say, you know, I, I really feel that the government has let us down, that program. Uh, I'm not even counting on it for retirement because I, I just feel like the, the government's going to mishandle this money. And in fact, it does say right on the Social Security statement and the website that by the year 2035, the trust fund is due to go bankrupt. Now, currently, this trust fund is at about two and a half trillion dollars. But because we have such an aging population, and Tony, obviously, with the pandemic, we had a lot of people go early off into retirement. And when they're going off early in retirement, odds are many of them are considered taking Social Security early, which further drains the system. Mm. Plus, Social Security gives out cost of living adjustments. Well, last year, they gave out one of the highest cost of living adjustments they've given out in decades, which was 5.9%. And they're going to announce in two months, what the 2023 cost of living adjustment is going to be to Social Security, but many people are thinking it's going to be 8% or higher. That puts a further strain on that trust fund. So we could see that within the next 13 years or less, Social Security's trust fund is going to go bankrupt down to zero. Mm -hmm. But that said, about 75 to 80% of the program Actually, a little higher than that right now is funded through existing workers through FICA taxes. Right. So if you're a self if you're a self-employed person or if you're a business owner, you're putting in 12.4% of your gross earnings or gross wages into Social Security. And if you're an employee, a W-2 employee, you're putting in 6.2%. So you're putting in a decent amount of money into that program. That's mainly going right through the trust fund. Uh, and that's going right out the door to recipients today. If and when we get to that point where the trust fund goes bankrupt, about we will still project out about 75 to 80 percent of the program to still be funded through existing workers at that point in time. But without anything being done in Congress, without the Federal Reserve stepping in, that's going to be a 20 to 25 percent reduction in benefits across the board for everyone, including uh, people making a very minimal Social Security paycheck. And I know we've talked about this subject before in the past, although not this year, Tony, but about 40% of Social Security recipients, this is their only source of income. They have no other income source. So if we see a 20 to 25% drop in income, especially for the poorest individuals on Social Security, uh, it's going to be an economic catastrophe. Consumer spending is going to go down. We're going to see less spending in what would be probably the largest uh, 
portion of our population, which would be people 62 years and older, uh, that would be a recipe for disaster. That would result in job layoffs because people aren't spending as much money in that age category. We'll see corporate profits go down, stocks go down. Right. We'll see less revenue to the federal government. So it's not a question of it, that the program has to be funded. It has to be around. And if Congress doesn't do anything to aid this program, the Federal Reserve is going to have to do so. Without a doubt, the program has to be funded. So um, it would be worse off for the government to not fund the program. I know there's a lot of other priorities the government is focused on right now, but we're looking at thirteen less than 13 years from now with a significant problem on our hands. Mm. And it's something that the government is going to have to deal with. So when I look at, will the program be around? Absolutely. Yeah. Will there be some, some changes to the program? Probably. Of course. But if in the event that nothing is done by Congress, the federal reserve is going to step in. So anybody saying, you know, I really want to take this program early as soon as I can, because I want to get as much from it as I can until they end it. I would say, I want you to think differently than that. The federal government is going to keep this thing around. Uh, unfortunately, politicians wait to the last minute to make changes, and that's probably not the wisest strategy. Yeah, that's right. And, and I think that people need to understand that changes have been made to Social Security before to shore it up, right? That's right. Uh, they, they've done this before. They've raised the full retirement age to save money. They've, you know, they can increase the payroll tax. They increase the amount of your Social Security that can be taxed. To help pay for it, all of these things are actually in the works and will probably eventually happen. Uh, but Social Security isn't going away as long as there are people in America working and paying into the system, right? That's right, Tony. So I would say to the listeners here, if you're concerned about Social Security, you know, I could see you being very concerned about what's happening in Washington. But as it becomes to Social Security, that program is going to be around. If you're a younger individual, there might be some more significant changes than those that are age 55 or older. But the program is going to be around. I would not make any decision based off the fact that you feel that that trust fund, because it goes bankrupt, means the program goes bankrupt. That is absolutely not the case. I, I think this is really important. Now, if our listeners want to get that Social Security maximization report run and get a copy of that or sit down with you and get a plan in place, how can they do that? Okay, if you're in Wisconsin, you can call our Lake Geneva office at 262-729-4128. If you're in McHenry, or excuse me, if you're in Illinois, our McHenry office number is 815-331-8096. And if you have questions outside of Social Security that you want to run past us, we're here to help. All right. Thanks, Jim. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Kramer Financial Talk with our host, Jim Kramer. Thank you for listening to Kramer Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jim Kramer at Kramer Investment Services. Call 262-729-4128 or visit them online at kramerfinancialtalk.com. 
Fee-based planning and investment advisory services are offered by Crayman Investment Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Wisconsin and Illinois. Insurance products and services are offered through Kramer Investment and Insurance Services, Inc. Kramer Investment Services, LLC, and Kramer Investment and Insurance Services, Inc. are affiliated companies. Jim Kramer and Kramer Investment Services are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.